You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080. We're streaming online at kymnradio.net. Joining us today by phone this morning is our state senator for District 20, Rich Dreheim. Senator, thank you so much for taking a few uh, minutes and being with us today. How are you today? I'm good, Jeff. Thanks for having me, and, and Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you as well. You know, we ha- It's been a, a month or two, a couple of months since we've uh, talked to you last. Since then, really last week, the, uh, the uh, government uh, uh, forecasters are predicting now a budget surplus. And not only just a surplus, but a, a very large surplus. $7.7 billion or something in that neighborhood. So we invited you on to talk about that. Uh, first of all, let's just talk about, was that a surprise to you, you know, coming off COVID, we've seen the economy rebound, but we've got federal dollars in with last year's budget or this year's budget. And it's a little bit uh, confusing, I think, uh, for probably the average citizen and maybe for for some people at St. Paul as well. What what were your th- initial thoughts on that? You know, my my prediction was that we'd have between 7 and $8 billion in, in projected surplus, and, and we were right on that. Um, you know, we, we had so much federal money come in, um, and then with the uh, inflation adding to the cost of everything, we you know we collect taxes on on that that little extra. So if you have the highest inflation you've had in thirty or forty years, you know you, you start adding um, six seven percent on to pretty much everything you're purchasing, that's more tax revenue. So, you know, I, I, I was thinking, but we, we got billions and billions and billions in from the federal government um, under quote-unquote COVID. Um, so we, we knew we'd have a surplus. Um, the other the other thing that I, I think most people aren't aware of, um, there, there was a, a case a few years ago about online purchases being taxed. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yes, and I do. With the, with the increase in, in online purchasing, um, you have more and more tax revenue coming from the online purchases. Hmm. All right. Now, where does that leave us? I mean, heading into the uh, new year, have uh, has uh, the Republican Party... I would imagine there a lot of people want a lot of different things with that, but are you coming to a consensus within your party of what to do with that? Consensus? I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> I, I think most of us believe, you know, that hardworking families, especially the young families starting out, um, really could use that money. And, you know, the best thing to do would be to give it back. We've had year after year after year for over a decade of increased spending in state government. Um, you know, uh, budget cycle wise, we're averaging what five to 7% every budget cycle increase in spending. And we still continue to have a surplus after surplus after surplus. Uh, the majority of our reserve accounts are overflowing. Um, you know, the only one that isn't is probably the unemployment um, account that was hit really hard last 
year and a half with the uh, people getting paid, you know, three to six hundred dollars a week, depending on what time frame it was, uh, to stay home plus their normal unemployment. And now we've flipped that, and now we're hearing of people. I've had multiple people in the district call me frustrated that they got fired because they decided it wasn't in their best interest to get a vaccination. Um, so they got fired from their job, and now they're being turned down for unemployment insurance. So we've done a 180 on on that. But that, that account, and we can debate all that stuff all day long, but that account is in the hole for about $1.2 billion. Um, so that, that's about the only count that is, is kind of negative. Everything else is, is pretty flush with cash. We're talking once again with State Senator uh, Rich Draheim. Uh, Senator, you touched on inflation, and I'm not sure what the numbers are in Minnesota specifically, but I think uh, around the nation, nationwide, it's about six and a half, between six and a half and seven percent, somewhere in that uh, range. As you alluded to, we haven't seen those numbers since, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, you know, at the end of the Carter uh, administration and uh, the beginning of the Reagan administration. Big numbers. Can that can we do anything on a state level? Or can you do anything on a state level to help ease that? Uh, are the economic pressures so broad that uh, you know it has to be done on more of a national scene? You know, I, I, I thank you for bringing that up. Yes, on a national scene, in my opinion, there is. I don't think a lot of short-term solutions. There are long-term solutions. You know what we do with our policy affects. Um, supply and demand, and that, of course, infl- reflects in, uh, in the general economy and in inflation. Um, but energy prices are probably the most alarming to me, um, you know, because if you're a young family just starting out, maybe have a little college debt, maybe a car payment, um, trying to pay either rent or, or save for a mortgage, um, and then and then you have uh, a 20 to 60% increase in either energy prices. Uh, I think electric's going up 20 and, and natural gas is going up 60%. Um, you know, that that's hard for, for a young family to budget for, you know, that, that doesn't have reserves. Um, and that that's very alarming to me. And, you know, it was a couple of years ago we were told we had, uh, you know, 500 years of natural gas available. Uh, and now all of a sudden natural gas is going through the roof and you, and you can't really blame the supply chain on that because that is a domestic product uh that we have abundance of here right here in in the United States but i think overall this is just a good lesson for everybody with the supply chain issues that we're having is that we we probably need to be more self-reliant as a country um, and manufacture more here and support local manufacturers here in the United States um, than than overseas. And I'm sure all of us have seen the pictures of all the cargo ships waiting out <laughs> out in the ports, uh, waiting to to get unloaded. Um, but it, it it's I never thought in my lifetime I would see um, shelves at at Walmart or at the Hy-Vee. Um, empty, like I have this last year. Yeah, 
It has been uh, an interesting year that way. Uh, let, I, you mentioned energy, and I want to delve into that and ask you something. I'm not sure if this is uh, even true or if there's anything you can do about it. But I've heard people talking uh, quite a bit about uh, last year, Texas had a terrible winter storm that knocked out the, the complete uh, energy infrastructure in the state, basically. They had not been tied in with the electric grid uh, across America that, uh, you know, we have uh, basically two. Uh, large electric grids, one east and one west, uh, and then Texas had their own. For, I've heard people saying, hey, we're paying for this. The people of Minnesota are paying for this, uh, and not the people from Texas. Do you know, if, is that the case, and is there anything that we can do to uh, not pay for Texas's ma- mistakes? <laughs> um. You know, I, I I think that's a complicated answer. Um, you know, we we have there's a really good app that I have on my phone that kind of goes through energy prices all over the country um, and what people are paying for energy. Um, I believe it's called Miso M I S O. It's an app you can download and it shows what what energy prices are all over the country. Um, I, I'm sure in an indirect way we are paying for, for that a little bit, um, but it, it's just, it, I think it, more importantly, it, it just really puts a, a, a spotlight on a balanced energy grid. And and I hope someday we can rely more on, on uh, renewables um, but we need that, what we call base load power. Um, you know, in, in Minnesota, we rely a lot on nuclear and then coal. And then there's a couple of different kinds of coal. Um, there's clean burning, low carbon plants. And then of course we have natural gas plants and then we have some solar and wind. Tidal is, is something that I think will really take off here in the next decade, um, especially for the coastal areas. I, I, I think that is is something that uh, um, will, will really take off and, and really help the energy on, on the coast uh, and maybe up in Duluth. But uh, it'll be interesting okay. to watch. All right. Uh, S- Senator Dreheim is with us. A couple other things that we wanted to talk about um, are housing and jobs. I guess let's start off with housing. Uh, you uh, are on the uh, the housing committee up in the uh, in the Senate. Uh, what's uh, what will be the headlines this year? I guess with that. Well, we, we had a hearing this last week, and um, you know we we touched on the eviction uh, moratorium and and where that's going. And, and it looks like we're going to finally run out of money in that pot of, of federal funds that came in. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the agency kind of has an off-ramp on, on that. Um, and then we looked at the housing infrastructure bonds that we had for the first time ever. We had a new use for them, and that's single-family homes. If the goal is to get everybody on a pathway to home ownership, why aren't we doing more for single-family homes? And what can we do to make at least a portion of the single-family homes affordable? 
because the construction costs are, are through the roof right now, and, and I'm sitting here watching a construction project right now um, as we're talking. But we, we set aside, I think, $28 million, $30 million for single-family homes, and the agency hasn't even started a program for them yet. And, and that's concerning, because if that's our goal, why aren't we spending some of our resources, not all, but some, towards that end goal? There was just an article in the, in the Metro um, of the latest project funded by the state for affordable apartments. And and this is average price. It's 400000 per unit, not per building, per apartment unit. Four hundred thousand. Wow. And I don't, I don't know where you live, Jeff, but um, you know, I, I think four hundred thousand in Northfield buys a, a pretty darn nice house. Yes, um, it So, I, 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 what, what are we doing with our resources, and what is the end goal? Is kind of what I look at. But as far as what will the the session bring, I think the main thing will probably be reform something that I have pushed um, the five years I've been up there, we could do things better. Um, you know, housing is such an important piece um, for, for the families. And, and there's a whole wide range from homelessness um, up to home ownership and everything in between, and they're all important. Um, but there are a lot of things that we do as a state or the local communities do that affect the price of, of housing. Um, so for every $1,000 we add in red tape or new codes, building codes, we eliminate three or 4,000 Minnesotans from affording that home. Um, so what, you know, if we're adding 10,000 or 30,000 to the cost of that, that eliminates a lot of people. And every year that adds up. So we, we, we need to unpack that a little bit, and that's what we've been trying to do. Um, we, we finally have the, the Democrats um, in the House excited about reform and uh representative elkins um has a bill that he's proposing um that that takes a lot of my ideas that i've tried to get done the last few years um so i, I think that'll that'll be the main energy in in the housing area is his bill and and how do we uh, accomplish some of the goals All right. Uh, Senator Draheim, we're just about out of time, but I want to ask you about jobs. Now, you're a a small businessman. I'm sure you've talked to a lot of business people. It seems like everybody is looking for uh, employees, looking to hire. You know, we're at a a time, an election year coming up, where normally it would be uh, about job creation and getting new jobs. Right now, we just need to fill the jobs that we have. Uh, You know, what what is going to be the focus? uh, What do you think the focus will be this year on, uh, on the job situation? You know, the, the job, we have about 200,000 open jobs in Minnesota, 200,000. Um, it, it is just really surprising that with the wages increasing, we still have that many open jobs. Um, so we need to motivate people um, to go back to work um, and you know, when when you look at the unemployment numbers, they really don't show the whole picture. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had a bill um, that I wanted them to publish the workforce participation rate with the unemployment rate. Um, workforce participation rate is 
the percentage of people that are working. Um, and, and that's probably the more important number to look at because the unemployment number just reflects the people actively looking for a job. Uh, so Hennepin County has a real low unemployment rate, but when you look at the workforce participation rate and factor that in, um, you know, the reports show that their unemployment rate is really like 22 and change percent of the people um, not working. So what can we do to motivate people? Back in 17, we had a bill that uh, would require people to work, go to school, or volunteer 30 hours a week to get entitlements. And I, I, I think that's something we should revisit. And we had a carve out for mental health and for um, physical health. So th there was opt-outs, if you will, out of that. But I, I truly believe that, you know, God put us all here for a reason. And we all could be productive members of society. And, and there is a plan for all of us. All jobs are honorable. And we just need to encourage everybody to find the right path and, uh, and enjoy what they do. All right. Senator, we are out of time. but want to thank you so much for taking a few minutes and being with us today. Certainly appreciate it. Have a uh, happy holiday season, a very Merry Christmas, a great New Year, and we'll probably talk to you sometime before the uh, next legislative session begins. Thanks, Jeff. Thank mm -hmm. you. State Senator Richard Rayheim. He's going to be a regular uh, visitor here on KYMN Radio uh, during the legislative session, which is scheduled to begin on January the 31st.